What is going on, team? Welcome back to the show. Today, I am joined once again by Coach Andrea. Andrea, thank you for being here. Glad to be back. It feels like it's been a while. It does seem like it has been a while. So fill us in. Going to put you on the spot here. What have you been up to the last month? What's been going on? Um, well, not, not, not a lot out of the ordinary until last week, and then we went on vacation to St. George and went to Zion National Park, which was awesome. We did a bunch of hiking and uh, just like completely exhausted ourselves <laughs> on the <laughs> for that week. And now we're back and back in routine, which always feels good. After vacation. Oh, yeah. That's, I think that we, the last couple weekends, like Katie had friends that stayed with us uh, like for an extended weekend. And then this last weekend, I was I went to back to Nebraska for a wedding and it is always so I'm always like so thankful I like love being able to do things like that and connect with friends and whatnot but I'm always so thankful for like okay I have like a full week where it's not just like scrambled and chaotic it truly like makes you routine routine so much I know like when I first when I first left the gym my plan was like I'm just gonna go from Airbnb, Airbnb to Airbnb and like stay <laughs> place every couple of weeks. Um, and now it's like, <laughs> I could not do that. Like I love yeah. just like being here with my garage gym and like, I, I love the routine of all of it. Are, do you, are you pretty yeah, similar the idea to that? Of it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The idea of it sounds cool. And then, and then you're not at home and it's like, you just want to be in your home and be in oh, one yeah. spot for a while. And we, like, my husband is super routine as well. And so we, like, we were in bed pretty close to our normal time, waking up early and nothing, and, like, food was fairly, like, similar. So it it wasn't even, like, completely, like, throwing everything out the window, but it's just not the same as being home. (laughs) No, no, exactly. Um, And even, like, lifting at a different gym sometimes that's dope like but then at the same time it kind of drives you crazy because it's like okay these 80 pound dumbbells i they just feel different than like my dumbbells (laughs) are like this machine says that this is 20 pounds but this is like this feels a lot different than like just like dumb shit like that just drives me crazy we didn't even lift except for one day and uh used like a pull down machine and it was just like so bad we couldn't even <laughs> really? couldn't even do one full set on it yeah it was so awkward like I couldn't extend my arms all the way up the knee pads were way too high so I was up on my tiptoes it was just bad I was like I miss like just sitting on the floor in my garage with my uh <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. yeah <laughs> yeah it is crazy actually how many pull down machines like cut the range of motion so short. I remember at yeah. lifetime at lifetime the pull down machines were literally like my arms would stop at 90 degrees. Like it was the weirdest thing. It was like how can the manufacturers design it, mess it up this that poorly? Bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Yeah. And I have long arms. I think you do too, right? But still. Yeah. Yeah, still though. It was just it wasn't made right. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I thought I'm the same way though. But regardless, it sounds like the trip was great. Oh yeah, it was. It's so beautiful out there. Good. Yeah. It's, yeah. Chaz is always trying to convince us to. That's the place to be. But uh, you guys' next nice trip. Views. Next trip needs to be out here 
I, everyone, I promise you would love it here so much as well. If you like there. I've never <laughs> yeah, actually we been to like come down stay, there. But. Yeah, we want to, so we need to like take the kids to some places too. We're going to mm-hmm. go to, uh, or the plan is to go to, oh shoot, is it Kennedy Space Center? Because my son wants to work for NASA. So okay. that's the next one. And then we want to do like Grand Canyon down around where you're at. Okay. Okay. Dope. Dope. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Lots more places to take them. So, um, what have you been up to with your training and nutrition lately? Um, so training, I've been. This is my fourth week, I guess. Um, not counting, not counting last week of mechanical tension, which is just like really high volume, uh, training this block. So I'm doing like five sets, four to five sets of everything and um heavy emphasis on shoulders and hamstrings and diet i've been in like a very slight deficit but bringing that up right now and then i'm going to start cutting for a photo shoot which is this is i think actually the first time that i've actually said that like i haven't mentioned it on instagram or on the podcast at all right um so that is going to be fun that should start maybe in like six weeks or so. I, I don't know. I don't know how long I'm going to stay at maintenance if we're cutting. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm so to see you go through that process as well. It is a very fun. It's cool to go through and it's cool to see yourself. Now, granted, you've gotten pretty shredded before. Like two, <laughs> you've been. Su- yeah. Just like on accident <laughs> <laughs> by not eating enough and doing powerlifting training six days a week. Yeah, so uh, that was not like um, intelligently done at all. Yeah. So it'll be nice to do this like the right way and with a coach and uh, something that is a little bit less exhausting and more sustainable. Yeah. So do you think you'll get like, because, and I, I think I've like seen pictures that you've posted of like how shredded you have been. Do you think that you'll get like that lean again or leaner or less lean? I don't. I think that I could probably get to that same point and look better yeah. because I've definitely built muscle since then. Right. Um, my, I mean, my abs have gone through another pregnancy since then. So I don't know if my a midsection would look the same at this point. I know like I have a bigger gap in my abs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that will look the same, but like my arms uh, have definitely added some muscle. My shoulders are a little bigger. So I think that getting to that, similar point I will look better than I did before okay no for sure and that's I never took like percentages or anything like that like I know what my weight was but I don't know anything else yeah and I mean even like unless you're gonna do even a DEXA scan there's a lot of room for error I feel like the best way to look at it is like how do I look at this weight relative to last time I was at this weight do I look leaner and or more muscular if so okay I've probably built muscle or like, do I look like that level of lean, but now I'm five pounds heavier, right? But then like past yeah. that, I feel like it's so hard with like body, skin bowl calipers or anything, anything of that nature to really determine how lean you are versus where you were before. Right. Yeah. I didn't ever take any measurements or anything. Um, I'm expecting, I mean, I don't have like a target weight or anything. I'm expecting though to be probably about five pounds heavier. Okay. than I was before just from adding muscle yeah I would say that's probably pretty accurate have you 
did you choose like delts and hamstrings or did Sue just program that, that way? Uh, Sue programmed it, but it's from like us talking through things and her looking at pictures. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So that was never enough shoulder size. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I feel like your delts were looking pretty jacked. I was jealous that one picture you posted. <laughs> Still waiting for you to share the secrets of that. But anyways, <laughs> let's get into some questions. First one, which I will let you take embarrassing, but eating protein to gain muscle. I can't stop farting. WTF. <laughs> Uh, I would, if this was my client first, I would look at what kind of protein they're, they're taking in. If it's all dairy or all whey, maybe they have like a lactose intolerance issue and need to switch things up. If it's like all one type of meat, like maybe they're eating chicken for every single meal, maybe they need some variation. Uh, sometimes there are people who have like a limit to a per meal protein amount. And so they need to space it out a little bit more. Like if you go above like 30 grams or so, so for some females that can be uh, an issue and maybe you just need to space things out more through the day or maybe have uh, more meals, but smaller protein doses. Of course, you still want to hit that leucine threshold per meal. So you don't want to split it up into like 15 gram doses throughout the day, but having a big load of protein all at once is usually not great on your digestive system. Um, sometimes mixing different types of protein, I've noticed I don't digest super well. So I used to have that protein or um, powdered peanut butter in Greek yogurt mm -hmm. and that didn't make my stomach feel good at all. So like, I think it's just like certain, and I can eat Greek yogurt and I can eat the peanut butter separately. Right. It's like a mixture for some reason. So um, that's something to look into. I would, if, if this person has, are, are you coaching this person? Huh. Oh, okay. Um, if they have a coach, I would go through that with them and have them look through the food diary. If not, I would just start like experimenting with like maybe have ground beef instead of chicken at this meal and see how that works. Or maybe cut out dairy or a certain type of dairy or certain type of protein powder for a bit. Maybe they need better quality protein powder. Um, there's a lot of different things that can cause that. And maybe it's not the protein. <laughs> maybe it's um, or if they're dieting and having like two cups of broccoli in a meal, maybe it could be that and they're blaming it on the protein. What do you think? That's all great insight. That's pretty much what I would say. Uh, I think to your point, I think this dude might be coaching with one of my buddies but I'm not sure um but regardless like I would say like in a situation like that what I would do is like okay when specifically are you noticing this is worse is it all day or is it kind of like around one or two specific meals now I guess like in his situation it's probably coming like post-workout like you said I think that it's and then we can then you can dig into more well okay, there's 100 grams of protein in this meal and you have like 25 the rest of the day. So like, let's spread this out a little bit more evenly. Or as, as well, like, basically this is just reiterating your points because that's exactly what I would say too. Like, maybe it is we're going too hard on the dairy or too hard on one single protein source. Typically those are the issues. Or if it's like, okay, we know that you have a protein shake earlier in the day. Or let's say that we know that like, when you eat chicken breast, 
chicken breast is probably a good a bad example because I don't really think that that's typically unless someone's just going hard on chicken breast. Let's say like Greek yogurt. Okay, we know when you eat Greek yogurt in isolation, it's not great. But then when you eat Greek yogurt and uh, I guess you pair it with broccoli, that would be a terrible combination. This example isn't really paying out very well. But um, when you pair those two things with this post-workout dinner, then you feel terrible. Like you said, okay, then maybe it is not the Greek yogurt that's actually the issue here. So then we can look to like other things that might be causing it. But yeah, I think I'm very much in agreement with what you said there. I don't that one. Let's get into the next one, which is what's your approach for talking clients through binge episodes? So I'm, and I'm, I'm being interested to hear your take on this as well. It, it depends so much. I would say typically it's something that comes up within like the initial consultation. Always. I feel like if a client does struggle with like binge, likes a binge, like style of eating, um, it's something that comes up. And I think we just talked about this a couple weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. With like one of the, one of your mentor clients, clients. Um, right. but this is like a funny chain up, but regardless, um, again, typically it's something that comes up in the initial consultation. And like, if somebody mentions like a binge, like eating behavior, typically I'll dig into it right about the gate. Like, Hey, can you like, if you're comfortable with it, can you elaborate on this for me a little bit? Because I want to make sure as well, like you understand like I, we can help you create so much better structure on your food environment. We can help you learn so much about nutrition and like creating a healthier relationship with this. But I also want to make sure like I'm not doing you a disservice and like leading you to think that I am like the, if you're truly struggling with like binge eating disorder, I want to make sure that I am not like here. You're not like mistaking me as like the single best person to like fix binge eating, right? Like I would highly encourage if that's truly like, so then we'll typically dig into like, Hey, what does this look like? Do you feel like you like blacked out and at the end, like you don't really remember it or like you don't like necessarily know what happened or like you just lost control or is it on the flip side? Like, man, sometimes it's just get really hungry. I have such bad cravings. I eat a shit ton of food and then I feel bad about it after. Right. Like, I think there are two very different where it's like, I feel like I just have no control. I don't, I just like literally can't manage it or again, like almost like I like blacked out, then typically that's more where I'll be like, Hey, I feel like, like, of course I want to help, but also I would definitely push you to work with like a mental health professional as well alongside to like, and we can all kind of work through this together. Right. Um, because again, like, I think that if it's someone that truly struggles with binging and I, I would be interested to hear your take on this, but if it's someone that's truly like, okay, I have binge eating disorder, I am doing them a disservice if, and there have been situations like this where like uh, a client's relationship with food or a potential client's relationship with food isn't like, it is truly like something like that. And it's like, I listen, I could take your money, but this isn't like, I would be doing you a disservice if I told you I didn't think this was better spent on like working with a mental health professional first to like, work through this. So I think like we as coaches need to be very careful um, with that first and foremost. Now from there, um, then if it's someone that's like on the flip side, like, hey, I do feel like it is a, it's just like I get super hungry sometimes, I struggle with cravings, et cetera. Then we'll typically work through like, 
okay, so when this happens, is there a specific like event or emotion that typically triggers this? And then we'll set up what we call like an if then statement, right? So, because usually we can identify like there's a specific emotion that kind of triggers this. So it's like, if I feel sad, then I typically um, will like go hard on food as a way to treat it, right? So like, okay, that's okay. Let's just set up like, okay, if I feel sad, like basically a pattern interrupt, right? Because right now the pattern is I feel sad and I eat. Okay, so let's work through like, how about first we just, okay, if I feel the emotion of sadness, I am going to um, take a two minute, five minute walk, or I'm gonna do like five box breaths. Or like sometimes we even have people like, I wear a rubber band around my wrist and I'm just gonna snap at it. I feel sad and it's just like a it's a weird little thing but again it's like a pattern interrupt where it just like causes you to stop and just think for just a moment okay like what's going on here um or at worst even like and again this is i wouldn't necessarily like i think a lot of times people call what people call binging isn't actually like what we would classify as like actual binge eating right um and, and i think that's important to make the distinction between the two here um, but then like, again, like a lot of times when it's like, I have really bad cravings and I'm really struggling with this. Um, I really want to eat X thing. Then like, okay, let's just make a rule. You just give yourself, just give it five minutes. So if you were like, damn, I really want to eat whatever those Oreos. Okay. You can absolutely have some, but just tell yourself, I'm just going to give myself five minutes. And if I still want them in five minutes, I'll have some. And that in and of itself, again, is like, we work through the initial like, okay, this is really like, am I really that hungry or am I just bored or, and that is very typically like something that's super helpful. And then finally, if you just ask like, hey, what foods do you typically like, when you fi find yourself in this position, what foods is it that you're typically like struggling with? Because a lot of times it's too like, I think people think that like when you get this very like healthy relationship with food place, you never struggle with like, uh, wanting to eat highly processed foods and everyone just has like their houses stocked with like Oreos and ice cream and chips are just like everywhere. But you're just like, Hey, I eat them in like small quantities when that's not really the case for anyone. Right. Like I I'd smash ice cream if I had a lot in my house. Right. Like it's just, it's, they're literally designed to make us want to eat more. So it's not like there's anything wrong with you for wanting to eat a lot of these foods. But a lot of times it does come down to like, how is your food environment set up? Like again, like the ice cream example, rather than, keeping a whole quart or pint or like a gallon bucket of it in your house, let's set it up to where, okay, if you want some, that's perfectly fine, but we can moderate portion sizes by like, okay, if I want some, I have to drive to the drive through at Dairy Queen and then I can like get a smaller medium. And then like, once that's gone, it's gone, right? I can control my portions kind of like that. Um, what thoughts do you have on that? Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I like that. Um, I think that the moderator and abstainer thing is very helpful to know in this situation. So moderator being someone who can have a small amount on a daily basis and that like curbs that craving and abstainer being somebody who if they have a little bit, they're going to have a lot of it. And those people need to treat their environment differently. So a moderator needs to plan out their meals ahead of time and include a little treat in there. And that's somebody who is like the stories that you read about on Instagram or whatever, where it's like, I was a clean eater and had episodes of binge eating and now I went to flexible dieting and it has completely changed my life and I stopped binging where it's because they included like small amounts of those things in their diet and they didn't feel like they were trying to 
never eat that food that they love again. Right. Abstainers are somebody who needs to keep it out of the house and like you said, go out for it when they want that. And I think that a lot of the problem with clients that I've talked to where that's been an issue is moms where they're a moderator, but kids are almost all abstainers or sorry, flip flop that they're abstainers. Kids are always moderators um, because they can just have a little bit and then they get distracted by playing and go do something else. So moms will keep those kind of things in the house or dads and they have a harder time controlling the portions. So what I will have people do is first, like if you have a hard time controlling a portion of that, put it up on a higher shelf and put it in a, a container that you can't see through, which sounds so stupid, but it's been studied. And uh, anyone that's read Atomic Habits, I think this study is in there where they had like Hershey Kisses and some of them, some people had them on the desk, some people had them in a drawer and some people had them across the room in a drawer. And the people that had them across the room in the drawer ate like one or three, I think it was three. And the people that had them on the desk ate like nine. So it makes a difference. If you can't see it every time you walk by the pantry, then you're going to eat less of it. And then um, also a thing to consider is that if, if you're doing this in response to like a negative emotion, eating that food gives you a chemical response that does feel good. So it's not like you're doing this like terrible, awful thing. It's like you're making yourself feel better, which is legitimate. So find something else that's going to make you feel good. And uh, like my mind always goes to like the moms first, because I can't just walk out the door and go take a walk. So I need to find something like journaling or even like scrolling through the phone or anything else that takes your mind off of that. And like you said, set that two minute timer or five minute timer and do that other thing that's going to make you feel good for that amount of time. And then if you still want some of that, like maybe portion some out and do it that way. Um, and then I think you already mentioned buying smaller containers of things. Uh, some, some things you can have like a little bit of and like having a smaller portion of it is going to be um, like set you up for success better than having like the big giant container. So even though it might seem like you're spending more money, which is usually the, the thing that gets people to buy like the big huge container of things, like small portions of crackers or trail mix or something that would be cheaper in theory to buy a big bag of in the long run it's cheaper anyway if you're not eating half the bag at one time anyway but buying those small portions that are like 100 calories 200 calories whatever it is is gonna save you a lot of mental uh frustration down the road because you can just Plan that in, in the beginning of the day. Oh no, it says connection unstable again. <laughs> but don't lose you. I'm going to go by the, the Wi-Fi thing. Um, that is going to save you a lot of frustration down the line so that you don't end up overeating those kind of things. And then that com uh, combined with the pattern interrupt things, um, I think can help most people that deal with that. Just overeating, but not like true, true binge eating disorder where you go, unconscious to a separate place and eat absolutely and that's I, that's perfect i think it's very much again like some mindset 
in some food environment, but I, you did a great job touching on like the different food environment things we can tweak there to make it easier to um, like, again, it's much more so I think a lot of it comes down to the situation and the environment that you're putting yourself in, which I think is like, I think people overrate how important like the mindset perspective of it is and like underrate how important the environment around you is to like whether it'll be more likely to trigger these things or not. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. I, that is all we have for the questions for today. Um, as always, we appreciate y'all tuning in and we will talk to you next time.